You already know that Illegal Pete's makes delicious, mission-style Mexican food. But did you know that Illegal Pete's uses its marketing funds to support Colorado creative talent that we love? We support the Denver Diatribe podcast, the Grolix Comedy Showcase, Rocky Mountain Roller Girls, the Yellow Designs BMX Stunt Team, Apex Movement Parkour Team, the Underground Music Showcase, and more. We even have our own record label, The Greater Than Collective, with albums by The Epilogues, Snake Rattle Rattlesnake, Esme Patterson, Ian Cook, and comedian Ben Roy, and a starving artist program that feeds out-of-town bands traveling in Colorado for free. Illegal Pete's. We're more than just a restaurant. So, let us put our food, and music, and comedy, and sports, inside you. Please. Denver, Denver, I'm run Denver, 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 I'm run Denver, I'm run Denver, Denver, Denver. Welcome to the Denver Diatribe, a weekly podcast from Denver, Colorado, where finding a place to live is becoming a blood sport. I'm Vanessa Martinez. Joining me today at the Daniels and Fisher Clock Tower in downtown Denver is co-host Ron Doyle. Howdy, sir. Hello. And local real estate maven Rachel Holtine of Urban Niche Realty. Rachel, welcome to the Diatribe. It's great to be here. So this episode, listeners, marks the first podcast in a two-part series we're calling Neighborhood Wars. I'll be asking a handful of guests and co-hosts, as well as you diatribe listeners, to help me choose one or two neighborhoods in which to search for my next home as I move from Boulder back to Denver. Vanessa's coming back. I'm coming home. Very excited about it. So I'll give you a little bit of information about how this is going to work. Um, First of all, I've picked, of Denver's official 78 neighborhoods, um, I've pre-selected 16 and grouped them into four regions uh, that I... I just randomly had to uh, designate on my own because of the neighborhoods that I selected. Uh, the regions will be Northwest, Northeast, Southeast, and Southwest. And in part two of the series, uh, which we, which will be the next episode of the podcast, uh, one representative from each region will join us to answer a series of questions I'm drawing up about what I'm looking for in a neighborhood. I'll rank and score their answers, and the winner of that debate will get to pick one of the four neighborhoods in his or her respective region uh, for me to look for a house in. If 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 the if you can't decide based on their convincing argument for their their region, can we make them Jello wrestle instead? Sure. Because I think <laughs> Joel and Josh Jello wrestling would be really fun to yes, watch. Yes, because they are going to be two of the representatives from our in our kind of debate panel next week. So. Sweet. Okay. Yep. Um, and then upon release of that episode, which we will do on Thursday, May 17th, uh, we're going to publish a poll for you listeners on our website at denverdiatribe.com where you will get to vote for one of the 16 neighborhoods I've selected so that I will have possibly two choices to pick from. You'll be narrowed down from 16 down to two. They'll be the finalists. And then you get to decide the, uh, the, the final final, of course, because it's where you're going to live. Well, I was thinking, um, yes. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Sweet. Okay so, okay, so did you hear that, listeners? You get to pick where Vanessa's going to move. So Don't be assholes, please. <laughs> please. <laughs> Commerce City. Commerce. It's not, it's on, the not list. on the list. It's not on the Sorry. list. Sorry. Right, fine. Okay. So uh, today, Rachel, thanks for being with us again. Uh, Rachel's going to school us 
on the pleasures and pains of looking for a house in Denver right now. Uh, if you've been ta- paying any attention to uh, housing rental market or buying market news, real estate market news, uh, you know that Denver is hot right now. Rachel, um, to start out, with, can you give us uh, can you give us kind of an overview of what's going on in Denver real estate right now? Well, I have to admit, your use of the word blood sport <laughs> falls short of describing <laughs> what it's like out there. <laughs> I'll be, I'll, I'll word it more strongly. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, We may need to revisit that. Um, you know, it's been a really interesting year for real estate on all fronts. Um, we are faced with record low, um, historically low interest rates, which is driving investment both in purchasing and rentals. Um, we have historic low, uh, uh, vacancy rates with the rental market, which means you put something out there for rent and within 24 hours, you've got plenty of applications and it's off the market. So, um, and the buying side is no easier. It's, it's a total seller's market. There's a really low inventory. So it's really competitive to, to get something that works for you where you have to sort of outshine your competition and and be the first one in the door. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to ask you for some tips in a little while, not just for me, but for anybody out there who is, uh, who might happen to be looking as well. Um, but Rachel, can you give us, you're a Denver native. Can you give us some uh, background on your real estate experience here? Yeah, actually, um, I am from a family that is just flush with real estate people. <laughs> you, you don't want to have Thanksgiving dinner with us because all we do is talk about, <laughs> you know, we argue over who gets to sit where at the table because location is everything. Um, we're actually sitting in That's the DNF hilarious. Tower, which my father and, and his business partner um, uh, renovated in the late 70s, early 80s. Awesome. Um, yeah, I've got cousins who are all real estate agents. So, so my foray into real estate was, was paved long before my birth. Um, and so it's just been really fun as a native to watch how the city has evolved and how the real estate market has reflect sort of just the, the vibrant investment in Denver that the city has made and, and is drawing people from all over the country. And the real estate market's reflecting that through broader housing options and, and a really interesting um, d- diversification of neighborhoods that people want to live in. Yeah, I've always, uh, one of the things I love the most about Denver is that I consider it more a, a big town with lots of great neighborhoods, more than a city. Yeah. And yeah, I yeah, really, yeah. Uh, I love that, you know, looking, even just looking at the map of 78 neighborhoods, it's like fascinating to me. I love it. Super at fascinating. I mean, it's also really fascinating that Denver has sort of shifted in just the last couple of years. It used to be just Oh, I'm from North Denver. I'm from East Denver, whatever. I'm from down South. Now people are getting pretty proud of their neighborhoods and they're getting very specific and the neighborhoods are really, really clearly developing these identities, uh, independent of one another. Is it, is there sort of marketing going? I, are like the neighborhood associations doing that on purpose or is that just the people that live there? Yeah. So I think, um, a couple things are driving that. And one of them is just the enormous investment in transit and infrastructure Mm -hmm. that the city and regional um, governments are making. And that really helps with placemaking. Um, people are recognizing more how their neighborhoods fit into the larger sort of geographic area. And that helps you want to build your identity. We have great parks, we've got great trails and those all help with the placemaking because people are wanting to come back into the city and are leaving their, a lot of their suburban neighborhoods, which sort of had artificial names and artificial marketing. So people are just really owning where they live now more. It's kind of fun. 
Yeah, there's, um, well, I, you know, I first moved to Denver from Fort Collins back in 2008 and it was in May, it was right around this time. Uh, we were pre DNC. The city was really high on the democratic national convention was, which was about to come to town. And at that time, uh, when I was looking, it was, I was looking for, uh, something, you know, close to the city. I ended up in lower Highland at the time. Um, I hadn't, been spending a lot of time in Denver. So I didn't know that that part of town was actually blowing up. And now, I mean, it's like, it, it, it's way beyond even using that. But I didn't have, it, I, I, it seemed then that I had plenty of options to pick from. And now coming back, um, I, I, I've been looking, I, I'm kind of obsessive about checking Zillow and Trulia and <laughs> all of the other, everything I can every day to see if anything new is listing. And, uh, it, it there's, it seems like there are fewer things coming onto the market in the, the months that I've been looking and, uh, they just go right away. So can you give us maybe some kind of, uh, what, well, what happened first of all in 2000, from 2008 to now that's, you know, we, we also, that was at the time right before the economy totally melted down on us. And I think, you know, there were so many foreclosures and, and people are still obviously reeling from that in other parts of the country, but Denver seems to be kind of making its own path. Yeah, Denver kind of national was was a, an, ex, an exception to a lot of the trends that we saw during the, the economic meltdown, in part because we were spared the inflation bubble that a lot of other cities were. So we've sort of been a little bit more evened out through the whole process. Um, you know, since 2008, we have had first-time buyer tax incentives that really helped draw a lot of people into the housing market. Um, but people have really struggled trying to find their way economically with buying and selling houses. And what happened in that time is a lot of investors picked up um, foreclosures and converted them to a lot of income properties. So it actually created a boon for rental properties. And Denver's economic regional draw is so strong that we have a lot of people moving to Denver, which is why it's so competitive to get those rentals, because we just have a lot of labor force moving to the Denver area from outside of Colorado, um, outside of Denver, including Boulder. <laughs> so it makes that that really competitive to get. But um, we're just really lucky that there is a lot of housing options. You just have to be fast to get them. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm so, so excited to come back. I'm not going to hate on Boulder. Until no, I, well, you don't until have to I hate on back because I've hated on it enough already. You don't. You don't have to hate on it. We just don't have to talk about it on the podcast as much anymore. Yeah, it's really true. like a repatriation process. <laughs> that is a yes. That's right. I should have a. I'm, I think I'm going to have. I'm going to have to have a few parties for that. <laughs> so I'm going to ask you. Like I, I'm kind of curious just to see what what your opinion is about what where the hottest neighborhoods are in Denver right now. Um, in well, your opinion, uh, in. In my opinion, it's where I live. No kidding. Where do Actually, you live? Well, I live yeah. in Highlands, and um, and really Highlands. No, 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 no. For our listeners, there is no such neighborhood as Highlands. It's Highland. I Highland live in and, Highland Square. And lower Highland and yes. West Highland. And I am totally you are. You called me on it, and you were right. <laughs> <laughs> so you're right there. You're right there at Highland. Yeah, Square. I'm right near 32nd and Lowell. Um, yep. However, in the last 20 years, I've lived in Lower Highland. I've lived in Sunnyside. I've lived in Berkeley, and um, I think my fifth house in Sloan's Lake should be free. So, um, <laughs> but but Lower Highland just uh, continues to be an incredible draw for for just several layers of types of people. There's there's just still a great layering of housing stock there. So. What do you mean by great layering? Like uh, in terms of uh, 
pricing, affordability, or just types of houses, like types of housing? Kind of all of the above. Um, You know, there's still some really cute sort of smaller half duplexes that are relatively affordable for younger rental people who want to get into the area but don't have, you know, $2,000 a month to spend on a townhouse. Um, And, you know, and then there's some really posh upscale options as well. But they're in the same geographic region, and they just offer all the amenities of downtown. But Lower Highland itself has got its own gravitas of restaurants and things to do. So... Um, I uh, love, I see, love it. You, can you, you can't <laughs> see me just shaking my head. Okay, so it's been that that part of Denver is still obviously growing and doing well. But how much longer is it going to last before people? Like already, I have the friends who are have moved into the neighborhood and they're now leaving the neighborhood. They're going further west. Yeah, and they're yeah. going. They're going to Sloan's Lake. They're going to Lakewood because because it's too crowded or it's too young. And they, well, they, they now have more than one child, so they can't live in Highland the bungalow, anymore. Yeah. They can't live in the bungalow anymore. How much longer is, is that neighbor gun, neighborhood going to last and keep going? It seems like, is, what's, the, what's the next up and coming? I think we yeah, all yeah. know. What's next? We all know that North, Northwest is, is on its way. Uh, what's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's doing fine. We, do, we don't need to talk about Highland. Okay. Uh, and, it, and it'll be just fine. All right. I'm well, just, we touched. Did on you that. notice I'm bitter because my <laughs> people don't even believe my neighborhood exists, Washington, Virginia Vale, and it does. There's a Hobby Lobby, a great bagel store. Anyway, um, so so what's what's uh, what's the next neighborhood that's up and coming? Yeah. Uh, behind that region. Well, I mean, I think it's interesting when you're talking from a rental standpoint because you're really talking about a one or two year time frame that you have in mm-hmm. mind for what that neighborhood is versus when you buy into a neighborhood, you're thinking more like five to seven years in terms of what that neighborhood's going to offer you. Um, so I, I'm bullish about Berkeley for a lot of reasons. And, um, I, you know, if, if you want some of what Northwest Denver has to offer without the, like, you know, the hipster shaking and moving, yeah. Berkeley is really nice, a little bit more laid back environment. And it still offers the I-70 corridor access so you can get to the mountains really quickly. You can take advantage of the things that makes Colorado so great to live, but it's got super walkability. Um, it's got, you know, it's got good transit lines. It's got great biking trails. So there's a lot to go for Berkeley. So I'd say Berkeley's my second pick. And so, Berkeley's on my list. Is so Berkeley's I don't, I don't have list? a map. I don't have a map right in front of me. Is there, are there any landmarks or like restaurants or things that I would associate with Berkeley that if I was thinking of the neighborhood? Orient. Yeah. The Oriental theater. Okay. Um, okay cool. Yeah. Yep. Sort of, uh, yeah. not technically in Berkeley, but just West of Berkeley is yield lakeside. Amusement yep. Park. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, the yeah, old yeah, Eliches yeah. is, is near Berkeley as well, but Berkeley has a, a long strip of shops that are between 38th and 44th on Tennyson. And they just went through a huge streetscape improvement. There's all sorts of new businesses and restaurants opening up there. And it's just, a, and they have a really strong first Friday art walk. That's really fun. And, and, you know, the Oriental brings music, and there's definitely a diversity of things to do there. So, And the houses are, are relatively affordable for Northwest Denver, so it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a good entry point. Awesome. What about, um, is there, would you say, would you also call that your best-kept secret? Is there, is there a kind of a secret neighborhood that you're looking at right now that is maybe kind of showing you something that you think might be a, a big change or... Uh, or even just a good deal. Right, right. Um, well, you know, I kind of go a little outside of Denver for that. Um, Northwest Denver just doesn't have any secrets anymore. I mean, it's just been so hot that it's been scoured. 
Um, but I think going southeast, there's actually some interesting neighborhoods um, that uh-huh. Ron's uh-huh. going to like uh-huh. this. Ron's yeah. going to like yeah. it. Tell me more. Tell me more. <laughs> tell me more. So, uh, no, uh, but yeah, going going east of I-25, uh, what, what's going on east of I-25? Well, down like southeast. Yeah, yeah. So so sort of near where you are um, off of Holly, there's a bunch of really fun mid-century homes that are coming back into fashion. And they're, they're actually... Um, it's it's a nationally uh, landmark neighborhood, and it's really it's called uh, Christiana Park, and mm. there are these you know, 900, 1200 square foot mid century like super awesome uh, dwell magazine type houses, and um, it's a little bit more neighborhoody, um, but they've still got some great walkability with shops on you know on Colorado Boulevard and on Holly, so that's kind of and, and it's a really hip young neighborhood. It's really a lot of fun. So. If you wanted to get a little bit out of the the density of the city, that's kind of the direction so, uh, I'd go. How far south is that? Um, it's like uh, Holly and Evans is probably yeah. the best. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Cherry Creek Drive South mm-hmm. kind of area. Uh oh, I think I might have to change my map. See, that's my that's my hood. Uh, right I'm gonna here. get that's fickle. I'm, I'm oh, gonna get yeah. fickle and change <laughs> something down in southeast. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's I mean, cool I really didn't go that far east. Ron was pretty upset when he saw my. Yeah, I my said selection. this is this is just along the I twenty five corridor. You gotta you gotta get away from downtown. Well, because you know, seriously, you were talking about the reasons why people are choosing these neighborhoods because of parks and bike paths and things like that, and that does happen. It, you know, the Cherry Creek bike path, that whole section going all the way down through Glendale and and out beyond. Uh, it it seems it seems like it does not grow as quickly as as what's going up. Uh, in Northwest. I don't know if it's just that it's not, it's time. Uh, but in terms of rentals, do you still see a lot? I mean, I'm a landlord there, so I, I know people are renting there for sure. Right. Uh, but is it mostly just like DU students that are renting in that area or? Well, it's actually a really great geographic point because it's kind of halfway between the tech center and downtown. So if you've got families where you've got split, split workforce centers and you've got someone who's going to the tech center and someone who's downtown, that location's ideal because it sort of splits the, splits the commuter baby. <laughs> um, I think that's a draw there. And I think it's the kind of neighborhood where it, it is expensive as you get closer to the city. If you want, if you want a house, if you want a little bit of a yard and, and that's sort of that first round of housing stock that creates that sort of affordable option that gives people a little bit more space, but without feeling like they're way out in the burbs. So there, there's a geographic region that reason that it's pretty attractive. I was just going to ask you about the, uh, about the Southwest region, because I've kind of, I started getting obsessed with Athmar Park. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm actually, I'm not sure if the place that I, I keep driving by and keep uh, taking, like I took my husband and I took my sister, I'm like, you got to see this little park over here. I don't know if it's called Huston Park or Houston Park. It's just this little place that's, you've got a view of the mountains. It's on uh, South. It's like I call that area the sunny side of the south because uh, it's all the same streets. It's on South Tejon and kind of winds through this little park there. And uh, there's p- park houses. Uh, they're not as big as like city park houses, but uh, you've, you've got the mountain view. And then you come right over the hill and you've got a great city view coming from the southwest. But I think traditionally southwest, well, first of all, you drive down there. And I, I, I keep telling people like my mother is probably going to have a heart attack if she comes <laughs> into this neighborhood. Like it's not the nicest neighborhood in the city. Um, that's for sure. But I think it feels like there's some up and coming things happening around there. Just be every once in a while, you'll hit upon a house with, you know, it looks like it's been remodeled and it's got a, a nice car in the, you know, in the front, uh, in the front drive. 
Um, what is, what's going on down there? You know, it's not an area that I have a lot of personal experience with. Um, but I do know neighborhoods like that have really benefited the last couple of years with the low interest rates and with some of the first time buyer incentives. So you get sort of a next generation of ownership coming into that neighborhood and investing into it and really trying to make it feel more like a cohesive community. Um, so I know that there's a lot of neighborhoods in the Southwest quadrant that are getting that benefit. Sure. Right. So, and I'm also really, I, what I love about that area that I have been missing so sorely in Boulder, obviously the last two years is the diversity. Right. Um, I also call it Mexinam because if you drive down federal, <laughs> it's all taquerias and oh, yeah. restaurants. Yeah. So just having, uh, ethnic food. And so much oh, of yeah. it so close is a real, is really appealing to me. And also being in a place that isn't super hot is also kind of appealing to me just to see what, especially because I'll only be renting for a short, you know, probably a short time there. And, uh, just to have an, a different experience. It's got to be a lot easier on your wallet too, because you don't feel this sure. pressure yeah. to keep up with your neighbors and go try out the 13 new restaurants that opened in the last three months. Exactly. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't save a whole lot when I lived in Lower <laughs> Highland. Oh, That's for sure. In fact, the place that I live there, I believe is, uh, becoming a restaurant now. Little Pepinas. Oh yeah. 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 I, uh, they had just remodeled it when I moved here in 2008 and I, I paid way too much for, uh, a nicely remodeled, but bad plumbing, um, <laughs> right. like little box. It was like 600 square feet or something like that, uh, on a bus line. So that also wasn't awesome, but, uh, yeah, the neighbor definitely living in the neighborhood. Yeah. We, we ate out probably almost every night. Yeah. Do you, do you notice that there are certain neighborhoods that are, they are renter dominated where, where the majority of the people moving to the neighborhood are renting and not owning, uh, that, you know, these places where landlords rule the, the space. Yeah, it's interesting that you say that because I was thinking about just what my impressions are of those Southwest neighborhoods. And they're actually not as driven by rentals. And there's a lot of sort of more community connectivity that's that's more palatable. Um, neighborhoods that sort of fit what you just described, obviously, is Capitol Hill. I mean, it is just, yeah. you know, it's it's a really um, high-density neighborhood. And it's it's a high percentage of renters just because that's the housing stock in there. So, so you get that sort of rental culture in, mm -hmm. in Capitol Hill. Right. You know, Jefferson Park's actually transitioning like that in a really interesting way because it's got a lot of high-density um, rental properties that are in that neighborhood, but then it also has some really innovative developers coming in and trying to create more home ownership opportunities. So Jefferson Park is, is a really interesting neighborhood to track. And, and in the Northwest Quadrant, it's still the one that is really in that like highly transitional phase mm -hmm. and has a lot going for it. So that would be an interesting place to look at. And I know they've got a variety of rental opportunities. there, both renting relatively new condos and cute little half duplexes and little houses. So that's, that's kind of a fun spot. I think I have them on my list. I think you do too. Yes, yeah, yes, you yes, do. yes. You do. Uh, we're going to, we're going to ask you Rachel for some tips on, on renting in this market, but we're going to break, let's break it down into kind of these three ranges of um, uh, price ranges sure. to see, and maybe you can ask some, some further questions about, you know, what, what kind of house I might be. I'm, I'm really flexible. So that's, a, that's another, we're, we're hitting all of our, every possible listener. We've got the, like you, we're, we're going right. to shoot, we're going to ask about what, what do you do for the 20 something fresh out of college? I just moved to Denver or I just graduated from DU and I've got no money and no job. 
that sort of person. And then we want to ask about the, you know, late twenties, 30 something. We've got a full-time job now. We've got an income, but we're, we're still not settled into that whole, not necessarily, I mean, maybe starting a family. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then the, just, just for shits and giggles, the, the like Uber rich. Right. Right. So I can, (laughs) so we can poke fun at Cherry Creek. Yeah. One of the, the, the consider, one of the things I'm considering is a studio or a one bedroom as I'm going to be splitting time between Denver and uh, a farmhouse in, in Southeastern Colorado um, just for the summer. So, uh, you know, in, in that case, I I don't want to spend a lot of money because I'm going to, I'm not going to be really living in the house for, uh, very often or very long. And I'm looking for something in in that case, I would be looking for something very short term, like a month to month lease. Um, and, uh, it seems like that is kind of limiting just because in the studio one bedroom realm, I'm going to be missing out on maybe some of those neighborhoody, uh, uh, spots that are more community driven with, you know, houses, single family houses. Right. Well, um, so a couple things that, that fall under that umbrella. Um, first of all, the city has uh, an inclusionary zoning ordinance that created a bunch of affordable housing opportunities in the center city neighborhoods. And, um, so if you're an income qualifying person in that first, like I just got out of college and I'm scraping it together, you may be a great candidate for one of those and one of those uh, styles of homes. And a lot of them are the condos or apartments and a certain percentage of any rental, um, downtown has to have ISO units in it. So that's an option for people looking for an affordable way to get downtown. How do they usually find those places? Is there yeah, a place- how, do, how do you go to figure that out? Cause I know we've got like comedian, stand-up comedian and musician listeners right now. They're going, what's what? this discount <laughs> yeah. housing about? Tell yeah. me more. Yeah. So, um, so, uh, I would actually probably the best thing to do is if I could provide you guys some online resources, it's through the Denver housing authority and, uh, you have to get qualified for, through them and then they make you eligible for either renting or purchasing these, these select properties. So that is a fun option that keeps you from having to go like way out <laughs> to get that, that option. Um, and you know, Capitol Hill has it and it is out there. And as long as you're pretty flexible about your housing option, if you are open to a studio, you can probably find it in Capitol Hill. You may not get parking. Um, you know, there, there's some, some gives and takes with that, but it does exist there. And then certainly going out, um, you know, Lakewood's got a lot of affordable housing options and, you know, getting out of Denver, those, those spring up everywhere. So Mm -hmm. what about the, this, this mid range that we're talking about? Let's say it's between, what eight and sixteen hundred something yeah. like that, or nine yeah. and sixteen hundred something apartment. You, you, you or... officially have bedrooms, right? <laughs> and a closet. Ideally, yeah. ideally a washer and dryer. Wa- yeah. Oh, washer and dryer. Ooh, nice. This oh. is getting fancy. <laughs> yeah. um, do you have electricity? No. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, you know, a couple neighborhoods I'm really bullish on uh, for a lot of reasons, but West Colfax is a neighborhood you don't have on your list that uh, I want to throw in a pitch for. And that's the neighborhood that is between the new light rail line and Colfax and sort of between Federal and Sheridan. Um, it's a really beautiful neighborhood and has a lot of beautiful historic housing stock. It's got great access to Sloan's Lake, to downtown, and you can get a cute house there for $1,100, $1,200 that is in pretty good shape. So that's a great option. Wow. And yeah. that's on now, the West Line now, too. Yep. Yeah, it's it's walking distance. Now, like 15 rail. years ago, that used to be pretty 
Yeah. 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 (laughs) I mean, so, so did Lodo for that matter. Yeah. It's really, um, it's, it's really come a long way and it's a really, it's an interesting neighborhood and it's got a lot coming in. There's a new library under construction and St. Anthony's is going to redevelop and, you know, there's some new restaurants opening. So it's got stuff going for it, but it's still relatively affordable. Um, and then Baker is another neighborhood I think where you can get a lot of that charm and still get some affordability. Parking's a little hard in Baker. A lot of the, the homes there don't offer garages. So. No garages. Yeah, it's street parking. Yeah. Well, let's go into the top tier now for the fancy pants. Fancy yeah, let's, pants. let's talk about the rich folk. What's, what's going All on right. there? <laughs> so, so there's obviously like you can live in right downtown in one of the high rises. Yeah. Uh, if you wanted. And Four seasons, man. <laughs> <laughs> Barclay. It's not, it's not the Denver of my childhood. That's for sure. <laughs> Stay at the Barclay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but then, uh, what else? If you, if you're getting out of the downtown core, the big giant glass high rise, uh, sort of high priced places, what, where else are people going? For, for rentals. We're, for we're rentals. just talking rentals here. You know, Cherry Assuming Creek. Assuming these people rent. Yeah, yeah. And actually they do. I have a really good friend who's in the process of doing some major renovations on her house in Greenwood Village. And they're renting a townhouse in Cherry Cherry Creek this year um, with her, it's her family with three kids. Um, so there's actually a fairly strong high-end rental market in Cherry Creek. Uh, you know, in a little bit in, in south of... Um, City Park too. There's some mm, some mm-hmm. higher end rentals there as well, and around uh, maybe around Wash Park also. Yeah, yeah, Wash Park. I mean, you sort yeah, of what's, feel, yeah. What's the deal with Wash Park? Wash Park anyway? seems to be the answer to like every question always. <laughs> so I, I sometimes forget <laughs> about it. In part because I think where where Wash Park was for us like 20 years ago. I mean, Wash Park was like the only neighborhood yeah. that, that we talked about. That was and, it. Yeah, and now it's it's actually gone through a generational turnover and and is kind of interesting in that it's kind of uninteresting resting right. now because sorry Highland yeah, took over yeah it it did its <laughs> thing it was it was the leader and so now it's just sort of an established neighborhood now it's just like a 24-hour fitness for people it's just where you go to work out. You go, you exercise, you go watch get, other people yeah. to ogle. And, yeah, and to get goose poop in your, your running <laughs> to, shoes. To, to get yeah. goose poop in your shoes, yeah. to get angry at somebody right. with a dog without a leash. Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah, okay. Yeah. That's so interesting. I would see. I would still think of Wash Park as a pretty hot neighborhood, but it's 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 very vanilla right now. You know, it's. I mean, it be, because of the point in time when it really popped up. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it actually came up before a lot of the regulations and restrictions on how much you can improve your house came up. There's a lot of new construction there that's very high end. Yeah. And, you know, and then there's still the bungalows. Um, but from a real estate agent standpoint, I have a lot of clients who just don't find a place in Wash Park that speaks to them just because it's kind of stuck between two, you know, it's not as up and coming and, you know, yeah, right. as walkable as like a Highlands is for that price point. And if you're at the upper end, you know, they're gravitating more towards, you know, Observatory Park. I mean, there's other neighborhoods yeah. that pull them. So Wash Park, I mean, the park itself is just freaking awesome and always will be. But the housing stock around that is a little bit of a different story. Okay, so uh, let's talk about, hey, Rachel, I want to ask you some how-tos. What do I need? I've, I've heard I need to have in some cases, maybe cash on hand to put down for, <laughs> I, I don't know if these are nightmare stories or if, if they're true. So let's start with, um, renters. If somebody's, if we're out there renting, what do we need to know? What will help us actually get a house and be competitive? So, um, I'll speak really from my experience right now as a landlord. Mm-hmm. And, um, what's really great as a landlord right now is you can be picky about who you rent to. Um, so, 
so I would advise anybody who's looking to be a renter, when you come to see the house, come prepared. And, and prepared means if you've got a uniform rental application to have filled out, like we have our own application, but if you've got something already filled out um, that includes your references, including your job history and bring your checkbook and being prepared to actually write a deposit check, that to me says that's somebody who's serious about renting. Um, you know, obviously different landlords have pet policies and things like that. So if you've got a pet, I mean, we accept dogs, you know, I'm a dog person. I would feel horrible telling someone they can rent my house cause they've got a dog, but, um, it make, it means a lot to me if somebody has a dog and brings something from their current landlord that is, um, an estoppel or a testament to the fact that the dog did not destroy the house. So the so, yard, yeah, yard the yard in Fort Collins is, is gone because <laughs> I let dogs in. Yeah. I couldn't say no either though. And now I regret it. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so looking like you're going to be easy, um, and, 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 and you're, you're on the ball, you've got your references, you've got, you know, you've got your checkbook, you're ready to go. Um, and then I actually think asking good questions when you're in there the first time, because there isn't going to be a chance to ask them the second time, because you're either going to go for it while you're there or lose it. So you just really have to be prepared to go with that instinct, but look critically when you go the first time, cause you don't want to have renters remorse later that you didn't notice the mold growing in the bathroom or <laughs> yeah. right. also, funny, also, as a, also as a landlord, uh, cause I have a rental place, just show up with an income. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's one of the things that I've noticed that, uh, you know, a lot of, not a lot, but at least a few of the places that I've looked at have, specified in their listing that, um, you need to, they're, they're looking for proof of income. That's at least, at least three times the amount of what the monthly rent is. Oh, I'm not, I'm not that hard assed. I know. I was, I was no, like, no, wow, no, no, that's no. low me now. No, I had, <laughs> you know, the, the last round, the last time I rented out my place, I, I also had uh, tenants who, uh, had a dog that com- completely obliterated the carpet. They ruined the place. Uh, so I had to do a lot of remodeling and, and then the, whenever I was running out, I was showing the place. I had a lot of people come in and they were filling out applications and they were listing, you know, my only income is I, I do babysitting on the side and, and I think I'm going to be getting this check coming soon for this thing. And I'm like, no, 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 this is, this is not going to work. I mean, it, I, I feel really bad for those folks. Like I want to, I want to figure out how to you know, what do you do for them? But, but on the same token, I, as a landlord, I did, I I got to feel for the first time as a, as a landlord, this last, this last round, I got to feel like I could be picky about who I rented out to. And I actually said no to someone for the first time. I'd never been able to do that in 2005, 2006. I wasn't able to do that. 2007. I wasn't able to do that. 2009. I wasn't able to do that. Now I can. Wow. That's pretty crazy. That sounds like I would be terrified to do something like that, to have to have to put somebody in, a, in the house because I couldn't, you know, rent to them. But I haven't had that landlord experience yet. Thank yeah. God. But I know it seems like I heard I heard this too, Rachel. Maybe you can tell me that Denver, even though we're having this, um, uh, you know, this this boom right now, obviously times aren't always this great, but that the rents that are going up right now will probably stay with us regardless of the inventory going up. Do you think that's true? That's probably about right. Um, 
you know, it takes a lot to really push those rental rates back down again. There may be a small fluctuation, but I think what we see now is what we should expect moving forward. So there's, you know, it's just, it's hard to get those great deals. I mean, great deals are buddy deals right now. They're not the ones you find in Craigslist or hot pads or wherever you're looking. So yeah. Yeah. Hot pads. What's hot that? Pads. Yeah, what is hot, hot pads? pads? Hot pads is a syndicate, a lot like Zillow. Um, oh. And they actually, a lot of landlords use um, postlets as a way of advertising their rental properties. And then it syndicates out to a variety of places. But hot pads is actually how we've found our last two tenants. Oh, wow. So yeah, hotpads.com is a good inventory. And it's got a really sophisticated mapping software. So Sweet. Awesome. Yeah. All right. I hot, didn't know yeah. about that one. Hotpads.com. Yeah. Hotpads.com. If you'd <laughs> right. like to write us a check, we are endorsing you now. All right. Um, so how about this? If you're a renter, how do you, how do you go about, are there any tricks for determining whether or not your landlord is going to be a complete asshole? Uh. I mean, you meet me and you're like, okay, this guy's awesome. But th- that doesn't always happen. Sometimes you meet a landlord and you don't know. And I've, I've been roped into situations like that. I had, I had a police detective as a landlord oh. when I was 20 years old and he showed up the day he was showing that when we first moved in, he showed up with a six pack of beer to bait me into drinking it. So, and then, and then was an awful landlord for the entire rest of the year. Oh my God. Uh, I was on pins and needles the entire time I was there and I was, I was relatively well behaved by that point in my life. So is there any way? I'm like, this is sort of dovetailing into like a self-help session. (laughs) I was going to say that at the beginning. I was like, this might turn into a little bit of a therapy session. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. I mean, are there any websites out there that have a where you can, where people can rate their landlord or report their landlord if their landlord is awful? Uh, you know, none that I'm aware of, although there, there's a really well-defined renter's bill of rights and the state has really, um, pretty austere rights that you have as a tenant. And again, that's a website I can provide for you guys to put up on, on your website, uh, that tenants, I mean, even though it is a total landlord's market right now, tenants still have fundamental rights in terms of making sure their property's maintained. They have a right to privacy. You know, the landlord can't just come and go as they please. So, um, renters should be really aware of their rights. And, you know, to answer your question, I think that's just a, a life experience gut check is when, you know, Sometimes you just know it's not good, but meet your landlord. If my landlord tries to get me drunk or if my potential <laughs> landlord tries to get me drunk, you mean don't. Well, you're over 20, you're over 21, it's fine. Right. <laughs> Who knows what's going to happen? Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but on the flip side of that, I would say as a landlord, one thing we run into a lot is we get, you know, she can come, but he's at work. And so she fills out the application. We haven't met him uh, yes. and we're less likely to consider them. We want to meet both of our tenants. If, if you it's have a more couple. than one person yeah. moving in. So if you're going, go together. So you're not in that situation of having to come back a second time, at which point it may be too late in this market. Mm-hmm. And how, how about for folks that are trying to move as a a platonic group of friends that all want to be roommates. What any, any advice there for those folks that are looking for, that's a good question for, for housing. Cause, cause you know, they fill out their own separate housing applications. When they sign the lease, they're all signing it as separate individuals that are all, you know, one right. person drops out. Everybody else is still responsible. Uh, do you have any tips there for, for people that want to be roommates or are looking for roommates for that matter? Right. Um, you know, I think that is more up to individual landlords on how they want to handle that because the lease is the, you know, the legal structure that creates that relationship. So, um, you know, I don't have a lot of experience except for when I was in Boulder <laughs> Yeah, and, yeah, me you know, too. and, you know, and there, there was more of a culture of expecting that. I think that's a little bit of a harder ploy in this market 
to have sort of more open-ended, you know, relationships with who's going to be living there and who's ultimately accountable for the condition of the property and the payments. So, um, I mean, it's a great question. I don't think I have great advice other than, um, just make sure you're, you're financially able to perform on the lease because you're responsible. If your name's on the lease with three other people, you're singularly responsible if you're the one that they can find. Right. So, so, you know, I would, as a, as a renter, be really careful before going into that situation. Yeah. Awesome. So I'm going to ask one more question. Let's say Denver isn't going to work. What's your suburb of choice? Oh, my suburb of choice. <laughs> <laughs> I just put my cape on. Um, I actually have two. Can I have two? Yes, okay. please. All right. Um, and can I, use a, a, a vernacular, like insulting word for one of them. Please. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Please. All right. So, uh, Edgewater, which a friend of mine who lived there for a while likes to call Edge Tucky. <laughs> yeah. Um, Edgewater. I love Edgewater. I love it. It's, it's charming. It's got a lot going for it. It's affordable. It's quirky. Um, so that's, I think a really great, uh, affordable alternative for both renting and for buying. Um, and then Wheat Ridge is my, my other one of choice and, and Wheat Ridge really, I mean, it's got farms, it's got trails, it's got really funky, it's got three new breweries that have opened in the last uh, six months. So it's got a lot of fun stuff going for it, but it's super affordable. It's close to the I-70 corridor. It's got the Clear Creek Trail. So, um, yeah, those are my two. Awesome. Yeah. yeah I was hoping you, I, I was thinking you would say Wheat Ridge yeah. and that's my, Ridge. that's the my, Ridge. that's the my Ridge. Sub- suburban <laughs> exception is Wheat Ridge. What's uh, your, what's your long shot prediction for five years from now? Uh, about um, what what things are going to look like. Let's let's pretend <laughs> Highland and all of Northwest Denver just sort of something. There's happened. an earthquake and it collapses. Everybody, sh- everybody, like sinkhole and everybody <laughs> shave. Everybody the shaves Northwest off sinkhole. their mustaches. Right. They all shave off their mustaches and decide to all start wearing black leather, and it just changes. Where, I mean, what? Where do you think? Uh, where do you think folks will go next? Uh, are there any? Is there one neighborhood or one region where you think people are just going to suddenly latch onto it and get crazy about it the way they did Northwest Denver? Well, uh, you know, off the top of my head, like nothing's blurting out because I'm using postponing language here. But um, I'm going to go back to West Colfax neighborhood. Okay. I think long term, it's got the most things going for it that are in place now and coming within the five years. And it can really sort of piggyback on some of the success of its surrounding neighborhoods. So I'm going to go with West Colfax. Boom. Cool. Boom. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you, Rachel, so yeah. much. Oh, this was fun. This was more fun than driving, you know, despondent buyers around in my car. So. <laughs> I, oh, God, I hope so. <laughs> Well, listeners, I expect you to rain down plenty of love or hate on the neighborhoods I've chosen so far. And as Ron said, uh, as soon as I update my list, because now I have some updating to do, we will post that on our website, um, denverdiatribe.com. So get to that love and hate by leaving a comment there or leaving a message for us at 720-282-YELL, that's YELL, or firing your fury through Facebook or Twitter where where you will find us at Denver Diatribe. Um, before we get to our own loves and hates uh, for this week going around the table, we'd like to give a shout out to our sponsor, Illegal Pete. So last month, you know, we, all last month we talked about the Smother Autism Campaign. Yep. They raised over $6,000 doing that. Good job, Denver, you hungry bastards. You you are helping fund scholarships to the Joshua School. So that's really cool. Yay. And uh, Adam Caton Holland uh, and Andrew Overdahl just came out with their new comedy albums that are being produced, uh, that were produced by Greater Than Collective. 
and Adam Adam just had his CD release party, and Andrew's CD release party is on Tuesday, May 14th. Uh, he's got 10 comedians, and they're each coming up and just telling one joke, and it's going to be at Lanny's Clock Tower Cabaret. Sounds like a lot of fun. Ten bucks, and you get in, you get the show, and you get a CD. And these CDs look awesome, by the way. The CDs are gorgeous. They're done by uh, local artist Michael King, who's just killing it. Uh, but then also the CDs have – these are hilarious. They've got – collectors like a collector's comedian cards like they're like baseball cards so the one with adam looks like bo jackson and the one with uh andrew orvidal is the the classic uh, ripken card where it says fuck face on the bottom of the baseball bat i'm going to also ask you to start us off with some love or hate or and or hate i am going to love on palma cigars on 22nd and larimer it's right next door to whiskey bar uh this is uh, I was invited there to go to a birthday party. My buddy's been planning this party for over a year. He wants to bring people there. He got like 25 guys. We all went, we're dressed up and they have this like wooden, uh, cigar Indian out front door. You walk in, they've got a boot shining, uh, station. They've got wow. two, uh, seats for haircuts and straight razor shaves. They've got a, a bar in the back corner where they only serve Colorado wine, and the Colorado wine was phenomenal. Uh, it was really, really good. And then they've got a big uh, walk-in humidor, and you can just hang out. Um, I, I hadn't smoked a cigar in like 10 years, and I was so like wrapped up in the testosterone therapy that I, I went for it, and I smoked a cigar. I probably won't be doing that again, but it was still <laughs> a great time, and I had a blast. Oh, that sounds fun. Rachel, did you bring us any love or hate? Ooh, uh, yeah, I've got some love. Okay. Um, so uh, I just had lunch the other day at Refuel, which is the sandwich uh, shop that's opened up in conjunction with Fuel Cafe over at the taxi development. Mm-hmm. And it was so delicious. And it was just a really great sort of fun place to grab a quick sandwich. It was delicious. I mean, the atmosphere is great. The people were awesome. The food was worth going back again and again. And I'm going back on Friday. So. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> yep. So refuel. Yum, yum. Oh, that sounds good. I uh, I love fuel. Yeah. It's like one of my favorite places. Yeah. They are so solid. I'm going to give some love too. So yet another love fest. Trifecta of love. <laughs> <laughs> to uh, the Stanley Film Festival and all of the wonderful people who put it on. It was the first year. It was last weekend. And it was at this. Well, not just the weekend. It started on Thursday at the Stanley Hotel, of course. Um, it was just really a lot of fun. Uh, some really great movies. Oh, I'll give some hate. I will give some hate to one of the movies. Room 237. Uh, which has kind of gotten a, a, I think if you're, if you're into horror or thrillers or even just Stanley Kubrick, then you've heard of Room 237 and it is the, one of the worst movies, if not the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> wow. It is so terrible. I have, I'm still stunned at the fact that it was made. It's entirely conspiratorial. Apparently Stanley Kubrick staged the moon landing. I didn't know this. Um, there are no, um, it was, it's just, it is a two and a half hours of very poor editorial judgment. This is the greatest love I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. the festival, yeah, great. Yeah, Festi- the festival was, festival, festival just, there, there's too many things about the festival, about the festival that I love to, to name, but just so I'm, I'm going to give it an overall and, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do next year. So good work people over at, uh, Stanley Film Fest. And I'm going to wrap that up. That's our love and hate for this week. Don't forget to share yours with us by dropping a message at 720-282-YELL. That's 9355. 
We're signing off this week with the song Path from local artist Michael Kirkpatrick of The Holler. And our theme music is by TJ Miller from his extended play EP. Our web hosting is provided by bluechannel.com. For more information about Denver Diatribe or any of our guests, check out our website, denverdiatribe.com, or search for Denver Diatribe on Twitter or Facebook. I'm Vanessa Martinez. On behalf of my co-host Ron Doyle and our guest Rachel Holtine, thanks for listening. I searched my soul for the answer. I flew around the world to ask a sage. I prayed to every god that man made Lord, but I still have no key to my cage. Raised by the church to feel spirit, a tie around my neck as I pray. I cried, Lord, Lord, Lord. This is what's in store You're no Lord, you're no Lord, you're no Lord So I ran like the wind to the mountains I listened to the raven on the breeze I hollered at the stars and stared at the moon With hope that I'd find my His convictions Explore every realm you can find But you won't find nothing you can lean on With those thoughts piled high in your mind Me is now. Dead.